What song were you humming? You never answered my question. It is... Like, I don't know the name, but I remembered what song it is. <laughs> it's... Uh, okay, I'll look it up so I can tell you the actual name, because I can't tell you the lines that I'm thinking of, because they're going to ruin the song. Hey, can um, you hum the song for the audience? No. No. Oh. I mean, you could. I think they should look up the song... I think it's like the year 2000 or something. What, the Jonas Brothers song? No, no, no. It's from um, Flight of the Concords. Oh. Um, uh, what is it? The Humans Are Dead. Oh, so it was the line of the song that I was thinking of. Huh. I don't think I have heard that song. The Humans Are Dead by Flight of the Concords. It's a classic. It's a song sung by, from the perspective of robots, hmm. um, in the year two thousand, um, in the future, you know, way mm-hmm. in the future, and as you can maybe guess from the title, the humans are dead. Gotcha. And it includes wonderful lyrics like, "We poisoned their asses with poisonous gases." Hmm. Good. I checked this one. It is dead. <laughs> Poked that one. It was dead. It's it's a wonderful piece of uh, historical folk song. Did you know that Flight of the Concords had a two-season series on HBO? Did they? Apparently. It was on HBO? I knew they had like a TV show. episodes. Two I, seasons. I thought it was on some like uh, off-brand channel, like some like grocery store brand TV channel. Like, no, you know it's I mean? like a, no, I know what you're talking about because there's a, a very funny TV show that only lasted one season is the My Brother, My Brother and Me TV show on, where was it? Verve, V-R-V. Hmm. You can find a lot of highlights on it on YouTube. It's very funny. I'll have to look that up. But yeah, they do have, I just, I, I searched Flight of the Concords and it's like the second thing that comes up. The first is the Wikipedia page for the band and the second is the Wikipedia page for the band's TV series. Ah, okay. So. Oh, I totally forgot about the binary solo in the middle of it. <laughs> there's a solo in binary. Because they're robots. Uh, classic. Yeah, there's a, the opening to Hello Internet, a podcast that I... <laughs> <laughs> listen to back when it was a podcast yeah i'm sorry to just stop reading the lyrics i'm gonna listen give me a sec okay i'm back okay okay so hello internet, uh, hello, internet a podcast that is all but non-existent now uh but their opening was a quick sequence of just like um two notes in like a you know like a digital sounding two distinct notes Mm-hmm. played very quickly and it's just that if you interpret one of them as zeros and one of them as ones then it is the um like unicode binary representation of the letters h and i basically ah so uh more fun facts a few of the episodes of the flight of the concord series so this was 2007 through 2009 Several of them were written and or directed by Taika Waititi. Really? 
Uh, okay, several. Th- th- four of them have Taika Waititi involved either as a director or writer. That's fascinating. But, like, I don't know whether... Let's see, what was his involvement overall? Because he's not hyperlinked. This is the fun thing about when you're scrolling through Wikipedia and you scroll somewhere down in the article and then someone who you know should have a hyperlink is not hyperlinked where you expect them to be. Mm. But it turns out that they just hyperlinked him in a dumb place. So let's see, when did Taiko Titi become relevant? Yeah, so this is... 2007 is basically when he did his first, like, writing stuff at all. Okay. So there you go. Has he also done, like, horror movies or something, or am I thinking of someone else? Not really. He does funny stuff, most of like, funny weird stuff. Okay. So uh, the the stuff that I most recently became familiar with uh, a couple years ago, he he's the one who wrote and directed and produced Jojo Rabbit. If you're familiar with that movie, and if you aren't, I recommend becoming familiar with it. Okay, I'll put that on the list. He directed Thor Ragnarok. I am familiar with that. Uh, and then uh, the one that I became aware of after both of those, which is earlier, actually, is What We Do in the Shadows, which I think I've told you about, but it's like a... it's The, the original version is just a, a like an hour and a half movie that is meant to be a document documentary of modern day vampires living in New Zealand, like in just like urban New Zealand or Australia or something. I'm not actually sure. It's, it's super funny. Uh, it just plays on all the tropes of a vampire, but it's, but it's put together as almost like an office style documentary of sorts. Uh huh. Uh, it's very funny. And then it followed up with a TV show that Taika Waititi is not, um, like he's not in it. I'm not sure, even sure what his overall involvement is with the TV show. But the TV show's on Hulu, and it's also pretty funny. But I, I recommend the movie. It's it's not too long, and it's just really dumb and funny. <laughs> <laughs> not too long, dumb and funny. Count me in. Yep. That's just like oh, you know what? That's the perfect. Uh, I don't know. I can't claim it's funny. Though. I was gonna say the perfect description. Of dude, where's my car? I haven't the seen that, but I'm early two thousands Ashton Kutcher stoner comedy classic. Yes, I think I became familiar with it because of it was the answer to a trivia question at some point. Really? Yeah. Oh, I hope I play trivia where dude, where's my car is the answer. <laughs> There's always a round in our so in our trivia that we go to each week. The setup is pretty much always the same, where it's like the first round is worth eight points, and it has some theme to it, mm-hmm. but they're all just questions. Round two is always a music round worth 16 points, and that is mm-hmm. where I sort of uh, just let the rest of the team do everything, because I've probably overall have recognized maybe 5% of the songs I've ever heard in the music round. And uh, maybe 10 to 20% of the artists. Well, that's not true. I probably recognize more of the artists once I'm told what the answer was. Mm-hmm. But even then, I would never have named the song. And sometimes the round is weird where the songs are like, 
messed up or mashed together where they kind of play two songs over one another or they kind of auto-tune one of the songs to sound like another like there's sometimes weird stuff sometimes it's just a straight up music round Mm -hmm. the ones where they're mashed together i'm more likely to know some of the songs because they try to pick slightly easier songs because they're making the overall clue harder right Mm -hmm. Uh, round three is also another just like vaguely themed round i think oftentimes the third round is like a pick something that doesn't belong or pick like two out of these four things are correct kind of thing Mm. or belong in this group i think that's Mm -hmm. sometimes it uh round four i think is just another regular round round five is the visual round and the visual round is almost always movies so there's lots of times where I'm actually able to kind of help out, but oftentimes the ones that I know, everyone else knows. That's kind of how it goes. Same with the music. I don't think I've ever... There's only been one song where I got that no one else would have gotten both parts of it, and it's Play That Funky Music. Yeah. Because I knew that it's by White Cherry, and not everyone knew that. Um... Is it white cherry or wild cherry? Wild cherry. It's wild cherry, but I got it right at the time. Um, Round six is another one worth 16 points, also themed. And then round seven is 16 points, but it's random knowledge. So there's explicitly no theme. And the, the main confounding factor of the way that trivia works is that out of those seven rounds, you get one round where you get a pick, where you get to choose to double whatever points you got in that round. Ooh. But obviously you have to choose that before you know what you got. And Mm -hmm. so you can always see the rookie teams that don't know how the scoring works, and so they'll double in, like, the first round when it's only worth eight points as opposed to Mm -hmm. waiting for one of the 16-point rounds. So the last couple weeks, our team's um, whole approach has been like, and I think actually... Almost every single time I've been there, we've only doubled in the random knowledge round. There may have been a time where we doubled in the sixth round, but most of the time we just wait until the end and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And we have a nemesis. Everyone's nemesis is Team Team, who is the oh most frequent God. winner at trivia. They're pretty nice people. Oftentimes they break the rule of having too many people on their team, but so do we. So mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, <laughs> But we've beaten them a handful of times, and that's always been good. Mm-hmm. So there's trivia for you. And that is how I learned, I think, about Dude, Where's My Car? It was a trivia answer at some point in the visual round. Did you guys get it? Probably. I don't remember. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the story where I lived that movie in real life? Uh, well, I don't know the plot of the movie, but I'll take your word for it that you did. And I, no, I don't think I've heard the story. So, what happened is I learned to never accept a ride home from a coworker. Because one day, when it was like, like there was a heat index warning and all the whole like nine yards, like it was like probably over 95 with a heat index in the hundreds. Someone like stops by my desk at the end of the day chatting with me, and I'm like, okay, I gotta leave because I gotta go catch the bus. He's like, oh, like, let me give you a ride home. And I was just, I kind of looked at my watch. I was like, okay, I'm already kind of too late to actually catch the bus without running. So, like, yeah, I'll accept a ride home because I didn't want to like wait the extra 30 minutes for the next bus. 
So then we go, we're walking out to, and he parked in some neighborhoods by campus, and he proceeded to not know where he parked. Mm-hmm. And we ended up walking around to find his car for 45 minutes. That's hilarious. How many places can one person park? We, oh, it was insane. We ended up finding the wrong car twice. Because there was one identical car to his with the same state license plate <laughs> that was just on a different block than his that we walked by twice, both times being like, oh, thank God we found it and we're running up to it. Uh-huh. And his key isn't working. Uh-huh. And then he's like, oh, wait, those aren't Wrong. my sunglasses on the dash. Oh, that's funny. And yeah, so then I started making dude wears my car references and jokes throughout the whole ordeal and he hadn't even seen dude where's my car so mm. so did you waste twice of twice the time that he made you waste and have him watch the movie i should have no i just ended up ignoring <laughs> him on the ride home and watched dude where's my car clips on youtube <laughs> yeah i suppose Not actually but if if i can say one silver lining for the parking situation around me there's a really limited number of spots where i could possibly park my car there is yeah. an open air lot and there's a parking structure right by the apartment. And the only time I get confused is on days where uh, I happen to enter the parking garage during the workday and I ended up on like the sixth floor. And then mm. I don't use my car for a week and a half and then I forget what floor I left it on. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. But then all I have to do is just like walk up a couple floors and hit the lock button on my keys and eventually I hear it and I can find it. Beep beep. Exactly. Yeah. That's nice. It's yeah. yeah, that that's kinda convenient. Allows you to to get super stoned and then not have to remember where your car is. Oh yeah, my gosh, exactly. in the classic exactly. two, early two thousand stoner comedy, dude where's my car? I did um, learn very early on, I think when well, very relatively speaking. But I, I remember the first time that Aaron and I went to Disneyland when I was moving to San Diego. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I think that I used like telling Google where I parked kind of a thing, not just like having some note that I have to remember to use or something like it mm. turns out when you use Google Maps, Google's very good at remembering where you parked, even if you don't prompt it. But you can also specifically be like, hey, remember that I parked here and it'll save your location. Or if you're in a parking structure and in the case of Disney, remember that I parked in Donald Duck five or something like that. Mm-hmm. and it's pretty good about that um and i've used that plenty of times when i park in unfamiliar areas and i know i'm going to be walking around that's been mm-hmm. very very good pro tips for you folks mm-hmm. you want to know something else exciting in my life or huh. something exciting in my life i don't know if this is something else came to my attention to talk about this because i found uh I don't know how I did this, but I have solder all over my keyboard. Um, uh. <laughs> I bought a new soldering iron this weekend, and it's uh, so nice. It's actually not that nice, but it's so much nicer than what I had, which was like the mm-hmm. bottom of the barrel worst option that like even mediocre soldering iron is infinitely better. And oh, I had such fun today. Good. What kind of things are you soldering? Is this for your printer or what um various projects and things that that sorry that's not a very helpful description i'm trying to get better at this uh 
so some of it is for my printer because more long-term plans are either uh, i don't know which direction i want to go either totally disassembling it and rebuilding it from like ground up or and like doing it right or or just like biting the bullet buying parts and building a new one from scratch Mm kind of leaning towards option two because i know my forethought isn't great all the time and like (laughs) when you're like building a 3d printer the thing that's really super useful to have is a 3d printer but if you take it apart first you're kind of sol when you notice halfway through that like oh yeah i forgot to pre-print this part Mm, or i pre-printed this part wrong sure so that's part of it the other part is like I have a number of like electronics things that I'm trying to build. I have, so I have all of these RGB LED strip lights that I obtained for free from a dumpster. <laughs> um, sure. Cause they're expensive. It was probably someone who like m- planned on building a computer and has was. been waiting for years uh-uh. to build a custom PC and then decided, never mind. I'm just gonna in, in rage, throw them out. I, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to admit what... Yeah, we'll go with it. Like, I've been hoarding these things, or I've been, like, carrying them around with me for years. Okay. These are from when I was an RA in undergrad in one oh, of my you residents. Have, you've told me about these. Yes. This this has been previously established. I totally forgot about this. This is <laughs> this is a callback to some OG <laughs> comical start. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm closing the circle on this one here. Uh, so... I'm finally getting around to using them because I've had a few projects spring up where it's like, this is the perfect use case and it's going to be great. And then I noticed that I like had already used all of my easy cheating methods to use these LED strips because like they're, they come in like, I don't know, 25 foot segments or whatever that have, um, that have like connections on the end. So you can just like plug them into crap. But if you don't want to use the whole 25 feet, Every like three LEDs, so every couple inches, there's a spot where you can cut it and just like cut out a new strip. But then when you cut out the new strip, there's these teeny tiny little little copper solder pads that you have to like solder a wire onto so you can connect it to something. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed that I needed to do that. And so I was like, oh, I hate soldering because I knew I had just the world's crappiest soldering iron. Really, all it is, it's... Less, it was less than ten dollars. I don't know. All it is is it's like a hundred and twenty volt he- volt heating element that just plugs straight into the outlet. Mm-hmm. Like there's no temperature controller on it. It just like you plug it in and it heats. And it's hot. Yeah. And it gets hot. You got no control over the temperature it gets to, so it's a nightmare to work with. Sure. Um, you're pretty much just like globbing. Might as well try and solder with an electric stove. Honestly, that would probably be easier. <laughs> that's actually probably a better way to do it <laughs> but yeah it's just like that except an electric stove has heat control a little less precision so i guess pick your pick your poison there yeah so i was trying to do that and i i knew it wasn't going to go well so i cut off like a single segment of leds because i kind of knew what was going to happen and so after spending an hour <laughs> trying to solder on two wires like this is something that there are people in the world who I know can do this in like 10 seconds. Could have done yeah. that in 10 seconds. After spending an hour trying to do this, I go triumphantly to plug them in to see if it worked. Mm-hmm. And I burned out the LEDs like real bad. 
Nice. I don't even know how I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somehow I messed them up. So I was like, okay, hey, this is a good excuse. Let's go on Amazon. Let's find something decent and order it. And then it showed up today. And I was like, oh. Very exciting. And I, I had some fun times. Um, yeah. The other thing that really pushed me to do it was after I finished my defeat, I was just like grabbing things on my desk and I accidentally bumped my old soldering iron. And it's got this, like, collar on it to prevent you from, like, touching the hot parts. Except when it's on, the collar is metal. <laughs> so, like, the guard that protects spots you from touching the hot spots is hot itself. And so I've got this big friggin' burn on my ring finger. Ouch. From the dang guard. Poor design. It looks like I tried to, like, it looks like I tried to, like, dissect my own finger to, like, look at the, like, tendons and ligaments on top of the knuckles hmm. um and then that i just like stitched it back up and have a scar or something there that's what it looks like right now it's a good story to tell that's what i should say i should say i was like watching some biology youtube videos it's better than i i have a i have an improved but still poorly designed soldering iron <laughs> no, no no my new one's pretty decent it's oh the old this one is the old me. one that has the bad guard oh yeah no the okay. new one okay oh, i'll send I you a picture of the new you. one the new one looks real professional nice I'm ready. I'd have to be a real special boy to burn myself on the new one. Okay, okay. I could burn myself on the new one because I am a special boy, but whatever. My body is ready. Oh, fill the time. I gotta like move some stuff around so I can get a good picture. All the lighting's gonna be crap. I'm sorry. I gotta be on jury duty again this year. Again? I mean, it's been a couple years. Aren't there rules about this? It's only once a year is the rule in California. And after a calendar year, you're re-entered into the lottery. Aaron and I got our notices uh, very soon together, and our date that we were supposed to do it is a week apart. But in California, you're, you're allowed to delay once up to six months. So we delayed it for the same week after the wedding, so that way we can just deal with it together. Nice. Although she's in civil court and I'm in criminal court, so I don't know what that means in terms of logistics, but mm. we'll deal with that when we get there. Did I fill the time? Cool. I have a picture. Yeah, it means she's going to have to deal with more annoying people than you will. Well, this is the thing. Aaron said that she'd rather be in criminal because uh, yeah. she thinks it'd be more interesting. And I said, while that's true, the uh, like range of things that you could face in criminal court could like really screw with your brain compared to civil court. Civil court, say, you just have to deal with annoying people. It could in really criminal ruin court, your week. Yeah, exactly. So. What if you get like, a serial killer? I never really knew what soldering irons looked like, so yeah, this looks pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, that's I, a, that's a piece of hardware there. I I like it a lot. Um, certainly, far. It's from not perfect. just a soldering iron; it's a soldering station. Yes, it is. Cool. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up so that I can find out how much you spent on this. I did not spend that much money on it. I, I still want to know. I mean, you can just tell me, but I'm also gonna look for it. I spent like forty bucks on it. Oh, that's way cheaper than I would have thought. I mean, it's about Which, as much as I would have expected you to spend, but still. I So I went out... Yeah, it's on sale on Amazon. Is that the one that you got? Yeah, so I the went DS out trying 90? to spend 70 to to $100, and I saw this one, and like, I'm sure it's always on sale, so it's really $40 in real life. Yeah. But Amazon in digging a bit deeper, tracker. I was like, I'm pretty sure... This is about the quality, like the recommendations I've always had were like something in that seventy to hundred dollar range, but that was like years ago. Uh-huh. And I think 
some some things like this, like the cheaper ones are I these days. They've improved because it's a simple enough product that the cheap crappy knockoffs are actually like kind of not, not on par with the good ones, but close enough for jazz. Sure. All right, I'm going to see if I can uh, track the price on this. No, it seems to be a legit... So it used to sell for 60 bucks um, a couple months ago. So then I'm happy with my choice. Cause yeah, like, at least it's not it, like, yeah, it works about as good as I was wanting. So that's nice. That's what uh-huh. I need. Sweet. And I'm still certainly not using it totally right. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably most of the imperfection in how it works is user error. Sure. So yeah, I'm gonna have some fun with some projects here, or I'll be really stressed out with some projects that aren't going as fast as I want them to. <laughs> Both can be true. Por que no los dos? Grant has brought Lola by Todd Clark. We have a mother and son sitting at a, I'm going to call it a kitchen table. It looks like they're in a kitchen. Uh, playing a friendly game of Scrabble. Maybe not so friendly, though, based on the son's uh, very annoyed look right now. And, and he says... I don't think so, Mom. And the mother, reaching to place a tile delicately upon the board, says, What? And uh, pointing. We we only see their silhouettes, but he's clearly pointing at the board. He's saying, You can't use swear words in Scrabble. And uh, the uh, mom responds, Well, then don't think of it as a swear word. And the camera flips. We're looking at her cheeky grin. As she says, think of it as a golf term. I got problems with this comic, Grant. How many of them you got? I am annoyed. I'm annoyed when artists can't be bothered to get little details even kind of correct. If they're going to go through the trouble of using the copyrighted term Scrabble, or trademark Make term, the board rather, right. Make the board correct. Make the board consistent. In all of these frames, the colors are all totally oh, random no. and not even not even close to the same. And especially in the final frame, the sun has not seven tiles, but about three and a half. <laughs> One of them is half the size of the others and has no letter on it. <laughs> these are these are my complaints. This is something that your complaints bring up something that I think is an interesting point. Is, like, do you think the, especially, like, his Scrabble hand, was that, like, a artistic decision or was that a, like, rushing laziness decision? Because if, like, I assume comic artists, like, make their living drawing comics. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like that's just shoddy worksmanship if it's not an artistic decision. I agree. Like, really bad. That's like if I, like, I don't know, like, wrote a paper without a title. Or, like, without my, like, data in it. Or something. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I agree. This, this is my complaint. I mean, like, you can be... I don't even care that the color scheme of the board is incorrect. It's a matter of be consistent with it, at least between the first and third. And the second were zoomed out so far that, like... If it's approximately correct, which it kind of looks like it might be, cool. But it's it's very easy to see that the boards in the first and third 
accounting for the rotation of the camera are not at all similar. Um, and that's annoying. And then again, even if you don't bother putting down seven full letters on their tile holder, at least don't make them fractional letters. There are no <laughs> fractional letters in Scrabble. Mm-hmm. On this, we can agree. Wouldn't that be interesting if English is written in a way you could have fractional letters? I mean, depending on your, your interpretation, we kind of do. Like, I guess you could. An O is like half of a B. Mm, <laughs> half of a D, I'll give you that. Well, it depends on <clears throat> or like your half interpretation. Of an o and half of what, a D. what does it mean to be half, right? Oh, God, I don't like this conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to pivot away. What letters in uh, the English language are topologically isometric to each other? <laughs> You have letters with no holes, letter with letters with one hole, and letters with two holes, and so there's only really three letters. <laughs> okay, good. The microphone picked that up. <laughs> you better not cut that out. I didn't hear what you said or what was going on. That was me banging my head against my desk. Oh, okay. I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. wasn't sure if that's what you were really doing or... The second you said topologically, hmm. I wanted to die. Topology is one of the few topics it's of math super... that I want to revisit even after my degree. There aren't that many fields of math where I'm like, oh, I'd like to like go back and do that better or learn more. But topology is definitely one of the ones that just really grabbed me. Yeah, it's super, uh, super cool sounding word. We'll give it mm-hmm. that. It's also one of those words, segueing into what I actually wanted to talk about. We are talking about words. Where... I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure if I would pronounce it correct. Actually, I probably would. I'd probably pronounce it correct if I hadn't heard it first. But what I wanted to ask you about is if you see a word that you don't know, Hmm. that you don't trust your ability to pronounce correctly, what do you do? Um, Do you just roll, like go with it and just like own a pronunciation and convince everyone else that they're wrong if they claim you're wrong? Or what do you do? It depends on the context, I guess. If I'm just reading a word like in a book and I don't know the word mm-hmm. and I'm not sure how it would be pronounced, if I'm reading on an e-reader, then I will look up the word immediately. If I'm reading in a book, I will hope that it never shows up again and do my best to understand what it probably meant and how it's probably pronounced. And that's about that. Um, in a more public or like, you know, if there's other people around, if it's something like what we do here, I think we both know what we each do, which is we make up something that sounds probably correct. And then we also joke about how we don't know how it's pronounced and that's just going to be okay for now. I'm going to be honest. This is the only place in my life where I do that. That's fair. Uh, in other places, I, I feel like I... I don't come across that many words naturally because they have to be words that are written down. And I don't know because, like, I'm not, you know, working with science stuff all the time or whatever. Yeah. Uh, most of the words that I come across are words that are more, like, repurposed. Like, in the business world, there are very few new words. They're all just repurposed words you know, or yeah. phrases that are strung together to try and mean something. And so I don't come across that much new stuff. If I did, I'd I'd probably just ask what it is or what it means or i'd look it up in whatever way i can if i thought that it mattered that much um 
but yeah, most of the time I feel like if I'm in a position to look it up easily and or I think it matters, then I will. Otherwise, I won't worry about it too much. Okay. Interesting. I think. So I have a game for us to play. Not a game. Uh, oh, goodness. So I sent you a link. <laughs> yes, you did. It popped You're going to scroll real down. This is so dumb. It just popped up super huge, like the like the link. I know. And I can't click on it. Yeah, I hate it. It's wow. the one of the worst user interfaces I've ever experienced. Okay, it's open. So scroll down to the ingredients list. I'm ready. I want to hear. I want to hear your shot at these words because I think there might be two. There's. A, I think there's at least one you don't know. I hope. Yeah, the middle one I don't. I don't know what the middle uh, one is, but Rolf, read the ingredients I mean, list. If you have it open, you'd know what the middle one is. It's the only one that's linked. Like the fact that it's linked oh, is a yeah. really good indication yep. that they don't expect someone to know how to pronounce it. Um, anyway, we're going to say, so let's see, we're, we're don't, making, don't tell people I, what we're making. They have to figure oh. it out on their own. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Ingredients, one and a half ounces, white rum, three quarters ounce, orange curacao, three quarters ounce, lime juice, freshly squeezed, half ounce, orange orgiat, half ounce, ounce, dark room, a garnish <laughs> of lime. <laughs> I I try to do it with a straight face. A garnish of lime wheel and a garnish of a mint sprig. Huh. Do you notice you added a word? Uh, what? Well, I was, I was in the word of instead of just being garnish colon lime wheel. No, the half ounce of the linked word. You called it orange... Orgiat, I think? No, I just said Orgiat, I'm pretty sure. Maybe, Maybe I, I accidentally said orange. Right. I don't know. I'll I'll find out when I edit. Most of the time I've learned that when you say I said something and I said I didn't, I definitely said it. So but okay. then I've then I say, Oh, I'll I probably didn't, I'll find out in the edit, and then I always found out find out in the edit that I was wrong. So yeah. you're probably correct. How do they not give a pronunciation in the link? Like, you're gonna link to this. How many English speakers can say this word right off the bat? Did I get it correct? No. No. Oh, how is it pronounced? <laughs> I think it's typically said as orge or orgette. That makes a lot more sense. Um, but I had no idea how to pronounce it, so I had to Google it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'd had a friend tell me a it wasn't for this recipe, but it was a different recipe for a cocktail that included the same ingredient, and I couldn't figure out what it was because I was like. It's the thing that I don't know what it is, and like it's something like or orgat or or like, jot is what Google says. Okay, or jot. In a sense, if I said what I said really fast, you'd get what the correct thing is. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, but it was also one of those words that, like, if you don't know how it's spelled, it's also like not super straightforward how to spell it. Hmm. I agree. But yeah, no, that's all I got. You know what else I've got in my brain, allegedly? Loose Parts by Dave Blazik. You like that one? Mm-hmm. I, I was pretty happy with that one, too. Um, so in this, in this scene, we're, we're set in a the observation room of an interrogation room with two, uh, we'll say they're detectives, question mark? Standing, looking through the one-way mirror 
into the interrogation room. There's a single pendant lamp hanging from the ceiling, casting a broad but dim glow across the room. Right under the lamp sits a table. At the table sits a man, presumably being interrogated. To his right, there stands a detective holding a drink-serving tray with a martini glass on it. To his left, a man rubbing his feet. And in his hand, he's holding a sandwich. Not the man rubbing the feet, the dude being interrogated. Then if we look back out towards the, the full scene of the men in the observation room to this interrogation room, one is reading a clipboard. And he is saying, wait, the schedule's screwed up again. Oh, this is good cop, good cop. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do you think that'd be an effective interrogation strategy ever? Um, probably. I would agree. I feel like it could almost be better than good cop, bad cop. Yeah, I mean, all of it depends on the people involved, or in terms of the interrogatee. Let's say. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask you what you think of massages. <sighs> You want to ask me a different question? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't. This I is the question know. you get. I don't have any good answers to it. Um, like, like, do you like massages? Have you ever received a massage? Like a real massage? No. Okay, what about a casual massage? I'm not going to answer that question to you. This sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're going to cut it out if I answer honestly. No, I'm not. I'm just asking a question here. Why a casual massage, I just mean, like, someone who's not a professional giving you any sort of massage. Okay, that's not what it sounded like. Well, that's what I meant. Maybe I'm just, maybe I just have a dirty mind, but that's not what it sounded like. You do. But that is also what it sounded like. (laughs) Well, I've, I've clarified what I mean. Eh. Like, yeah, it's relaxing, but, like... I don't know. So I'm never one to, uh, how am I going to word this diplomatically? Or I'm not going to word it diplomatically. I'm never one to, uh, give massage to someone as a weapon as a, or as a weapon to force them to giving me a massage. You know, yeah, of course not. Cause there's always that person who's going to give you a massage because they want you to feel obligated to give them one. Mm hmm. And so I'm not that person. So I'm always the person that gets this weaponized massage. And then it's like, hey, now I'm all relaxed. And now I got to like actually like use my muscles and like give you a massage after I just got relaxed. And I'm going to be all tense again trying to give you a decent massage. Hmm. So in general, I come out of it like I feel like it's less enjoyable than it could be. Because mm-hmm. uh, just it carries so much uh, obligation and... It's mostly when people weaponize it. They're like, yeah, like they give you this nice massage, and you're like, oh, thank you so much. And then they're like, yeah, so uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yeah, I guess so. See, I've never, I've never experienced this. What I have, and what? this was, this wasn't in my head when I was asking this question. But now, as you started talking, it came back into my head. My experience has always been the James A. Caster representation of a massage in a relationship where the beginning of the bit is, you know, you're getting ready for bed. And at this point, only one of you knows that a massage is about to happen. 
and it is uh, very much the person who is about to receive a massage, not the person who is about to give one in the hopes oh. that the other person will uh, give one back. In the hopes? Have I just spent too much time around manipulative people? That well, in the hopes is a, is a nice way of couching the term of versus uh, with the expectation, you know, Midwestern politeness. Because <laughs> I feel like, wait, so let me just be clear. What you're describing is like someone wants a massage and so then they get the other person. A- Aaron, to Aaron a wants a massage and she just asks me nicely, hey, how about a massage, basically? Oh. What a this healthy actually hasn't relationship. happened. This actually hasn't happened for a while, but yes. What and a I, healthy relationship. Yeah, I mean part of it is I don't I don't particularly like giving massages right. or receiving massages. Yeah. But, you know, I do my best. Wow, now I'm just really concerned about my life that I've been set up in this way to just assume that it's gonna be some unhealthy manipulative thing. Hmm. Cause I would be thrilled about massages if that was the case. If someone just okay. like straight up asked me for a massage. Heck yeah, sure, let's go. Mm-hmm.